Every week, the Orange Fizz team breaks down the five most pressing questions about Syracuse athletics. Holy cow, what a big-time defensive play! No holds barred. I pity the fool. It's the Fizz Five. Five! Welcome into Fizz Five with Adam Gotkin. I'm Nico Horning here on this Wednesday afternoon after a huge win last night. Syracuse men's hoops defeats North Carolina, the seventh best team in the nation, by nine points. And Adam, an upset for the Cuse over North Carolina at home. I know you wrote an article this morning about uh how Syracuse fans shouldn't exactly get their hopes up for March Madness. I know a lot of people are gonna disagree with you. But some are going to agree with you as well. And uh, last night was just a, a huge win for the program as a whole, whether you think that they're going to make March Madness or not. And this is topic number one. Number one. So a big win last night for Syracuse men's hoops over seventh-ranked North Carolina. Adam wrote an article this morning, and since he's here with me right now, Adam, you want to explain your thoughts? Yeah, I, I feel like we had to start with this because I'm getting what the kids would call ratioed right now. If you look at the article right as as we record this at 6.28 on Wednesday evening, 13 replies, 4 likes. That's not great. So the the tweet is a little bit like trying to get people to get mad. But at the end of the day, I thought I was being positive in this. So the tweet reads, let's be honest, Syracuse men's basketball season is all but over. Last night's win doesn't change that, but that doesn't mean it wasn't important. I dive into what the victory over number 7 North Carolina means for Syracuse moving forward. What really got people upset was saying that the season is all but over. To me, it is. I disagree. Syracuse. But you give your thoughts first. Syracuse going into that game was on the bubble of the NIT. We were talking about not even playing postseason basketball at all. The bubble of the NIT. How, how does one win over North Carolina, a team that is three that is two of its last five has won two of its last five games? Yes, they're number seven in the country, but still, how does that jump you from NIT bubble up to NCAA tournament bubble? It doesn't. And look at what Syracuse has done this season. Look at what Syracuse has ahead. I just I don't see any world in which the Orange can make the tournament. And to me, the NIT means over. I don't I don't care about the NIT. The goal is to make the NCAA tournament. The the joke is the NIT stands for not in tournament. And let's be honest, that's the truth. To me, the season is all but over because the Syracuse will not make the tournament unless they pretty much win out, which is not happening. That that's my view on it. So, but that's you assuming that they're not going to win out. They're, come on. What if they do win out? If they win out, the, if they win out, then I'm wrong. I I, I take that. Okay. If, if okay. they win out and they make the tournament, I'm wrong. But this team has been atrocious on the road. Two and five on the road. One of the worst teams st- statistically in the country away from home. Four of the last six are on the road, a- including at NC State and at Clemson. To me, those are both automatic losses. I think for Syracuse to make make the tournament, they need 23 or 24 wins. They're at 16 right now, so that's probably going five and one in. Best case scenario, 5-1 and one in the regular season, and then win two NCAA tournament games, or two ACC tournament games, one of which is probably going to be UNC Duke of Virginia, which I don't see Syracuse beating on a neutral site. So I, I don't see any world in which it happens. You can't tell me that Syracuse is going to beat two of the three, Virginia Tech at home, Clemson on the road, NC State on the road. And then we get into, like, at Georgia Tech, like, that worries me on Saturday. I I just don't see a world in where it happens. 
I, I I agree with you, but you did just admit that if they do win out, I mean, they'll, they'll make the tournament. And I think that's well, a fair point. But going into the UNC game, it was, well, they have no chance. That, that's that's what I'm sports. That's what I'm saying. That is sports. And But you did just say that they have no chance against Clemson on the road. Well, people said that against North Carolina here at the Dome, and look what just happened. But, so I'm not saying it's... I'm not saying it's likely at all that this team's going to make the tournament. I'm just proposing the idea that it's still a possibility. But it's two entirely different things, playing at home and on the road. If they if they lost last night, they're out of the tournament, no question. Yes. But they won, and here we are, and still they, talking they about still, March Madness. Well, but here's the thing. The, playing at home versus on the road in college basketball are two entirely different I things. I get it, but it's still the seventh-ranked team in the country. It is. The, the team's first top ten win since 2019. I mean, that— that says something. That says something does, for a team for a team that you know is so inconsistent that Syracuse is. You never know what you're going to get game in and game out. We don't know what we're going to get on Saturday when they go to Georgia Tech. You mentioned it. It scares you. Well, it scares me too. Last night scared me, but the Orange took on the challenge. They got the win. So every game is different. You don't know what you're going to get. That's the biggest problem with this team is the offensive cons- inconsistency, and it showed up last night, which the the Orange need ever need their offense to show up every night from here on out. You just don't know what you're going to get. So let's dive into that UNC game in a minute. But but sure. for now, just just stay on this. So you you said it. They're inconsistent. What what makes you think that that has changed? I've always said that when this team plays an incredible game, when Judah and JJ are both scoring 20 plus points, when Chris Bell's making his shots, everything is working perfectly. They're good because everything is working perfectly, and they have talent. Right. What what changed? What makes anyone think that now it's possible for that to be consistent? I don't think anything changed. It's the fact that the possibility is still relevant. It, so let, let's say— that, That's all it is. It has nothing to do with the team. It just, it just simply states that the team still has a shot in the NCAA tournament, but, which your article <sighs> is, is kind of— I said, I, said, I said a miracle would have to be pulled off to make it to the real bubble because I think that I it would be a miracle. It, it's pos- anything yeah, you know, is it possible. Would be. Yes, it would be. But, Last night's win was a miracle. But but for for these responses uh, on Twitter to, to be yeah, read to them be out. what read they, them out. Uh, we'll, I'll read some of them out. Sure. Um, okay, that was an ad. One of them said, "Am I the only <laughs> one who thinks that seals are the best creatures in the world?" That was an ad. Don't understand X now, but, folks. But we people, are not talking about seals no. here on the Orange Fizz. But like. From cardiac underscore cues. Why do you have to be a buzzkill? Five and one and a tourney win is isn't impossible. What from this team makes you think that they could go five and one the rest of the way? Nothing. Like, like they played one great game. They played one of the best games that a Syracuse team has played in a long, long time last night. Do I have to remind everyone what happened at Wake Forest? Earlier this month, people are overreacting. The loss at Boston College, losing at home by almost 15, or was it by over 15, whatever it was, to Florida State? Like, do we have to remind people of that? It's just, it's overreacting to last night. Last night was awesome. Last night was great. And that to me, when I wrote this article this morning, that was was my view of it. It was almost. This is a great win. It's important for Autry to have this win in the first season. It's important to see what the peak is, to see J.J. Starling take over like that. Important for the recruits to see that Syracuse can win these big games because the recruits coming in next year are great. Donnie Freeman, on three as the number 10 player in the country. Elijah Moore, top 55 in the country by 247 and rivals. These are two great players coming into Syracuse. You need a little bit of hope, and that gave hope last night. And that was my positive out of it. 
to me, the season, I I thought that we were at, a, like, an agreement that the season was basically over. I, I thought that everyone agreed after the Wake Forest, after losing, what was it, 99-70? to Was that the yeah, score to Wake yeah, Forest? Yeah. Th- that it was done. It, and Syracuse is, is playing a six-man rotation right now. You think they can go on the road and win games like that? Four of the last six games are on the road. I just don't see a world in which Syracuse can make the NCAA tournament Unless a miracle happens, I think they need. I think they need twenty three or twenty four wins, assuming they don't get blown out in the loss. So I think you win every game except Clemson, and then you win one in the ACC tournament. I still don't know shot. if that's enough. But I still don't know if that's enough because net rankings takes into account blowout losses, and Syracuse mm-hmm. has got a lot of blowout losses and not a lot of blowout wins. And and so net rankings why Syracuse is still in the 80s, and, and that's what the committee uses to to seed teams, to to decide if teams are in the tournament. So if the net ranking is that bad, I just don't see a world where it happens. I know the strength of schedule is good. I, I get that, but that's not what the committee focuses on. The committee focuses on net rankings, and, and Syracuse is going to have to go five and one in the regular season, something like that, to just get the net ranking probably back into the 60s. They'd have to do that. That's not going to happen. You're right. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. I, I'm still holding out hope that this team can make the tournament. And I think for me, you mentioned a good point. You brought up a good point. People thought after that Wake Forest loss that the season's pretty much done. But I was kind of on the side. I'm like, well, let's, you know, let's wait a little bit till North Carolina happens. Well, they, they got the win at home. So now it's kind of a waiting game until, uh, you know, Saturday against Georgia Tech. I think, you know, it's a one game at a time mentality with this team at this point uh, going into March Madness. But the hope's still there. And it is a, uh, a good article. You should give it a read on Orange Fizz. Net. A huge win last night for Syracuse over the seventh-ranked team in North Carolina. Let's break it down, and that's topic number two. Number two. Syracuse defeats number seven, North Carolina, at home in the JMA Wireless Dome. The students rush the court. A, a huge win for the program. A statement win for Syracuse. Maybe not in the season as a whole, but just in the program. Their first win against an, AT, an AP top 10 opponent uh, since 2019. Adrian Autry's biggest win in his first year as head coach. Adam, your overall takeaways from last night. Like I've been saying, it was a great win. Don't get me wrong. Awesome moment. Great to see the students rush the floor just, just to have that moment, to see Syracuse in the national headlines, to see the orange on SVP, all of this type of stuff. It's big and it's important. Syracuse played a perfect game. Yeah, they did. They did. The Orange shot 62.5% from the field. That was the best mar- that was the best shooting percentage in a game since 2016. I I, I don't know what got into them. <laughs> Just decided that they were going to start making shots. I mean, you y- you have Malik Brown going perfect from the floor. Drew to went 8 for 11. His shots were falling. They played a perfect game. Uh, that's like almost all that it was, uh, and they they've still got dominated on the glass. Lost that rebounding battle by eight, but but when you shoot sixty two percent, if you don't win, that is insane. Yeah. So, so I think when they shoot that well, you got to win the game, and they did. They did. They they got it done. And the 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 weird part is, you look at this the the last time these two teams faced each other, and Syracuse allowed a hundred points against North Carolina. 
So that was a huge improvement, obviously, uh, in itself. Not even talking about the offense, but the defense, you know, held North Carolina to 48% from the, the floor and then 45% from the three-point line. And Syracuse just made shots. I think that was kind of the overall consensus of this game is the Orange kept knocking down their shots. They played as a team. Judah Mintz, J.J. Starling, the backcourt that everyone's been waiting to see finally, you know, went off. There's been a couple times this season where they've they've shown that. They've shown that they can do it. I believe it was the Miami game where they combined for 40-plus points. Uh, but today was their best game as a duo, you know, with 48 combined points. Just when, when Mintz and Starling play that well together, it's hard to beat. It's yeah. hard to beat. But they have been beaten before when they both play well together. It's because no one else steps up. Well, today you had Chris Bell, 13. You had Malik Brown, 14 points. So you had the surrounding cast. And you mentioned it a few minutes ago. When every when this team looks really good because everyone played really well, well, that's what that's what last night's win feels like. It's, it's not something that you can get used to going forward, but it's a big acknowledgement that this team still has hope. This team still shows it can get it done when it's at its best. And I thought last night was a really good example of that. Yeah, I, I think that you said it there with Chris Bell. That's really the differentiator in Syracuse's wins versus losses. Totally. Take, take out the Clemson game and take out the first UNC game. Every other one in the new year, when he scored less than 10 points, Syracuse has lost. When he scores more than 10 points, Syracuse has won. Yep. And it's because it's as simple as this. When you don't have a third scorer who's not your center, you aren't going to win basketball games. And that's what Syracuse got today in Chris Belt. Three for seven from three. He's finally starting to, like, consistently shoot, even if it doesn't fall early. And it did for him. You know, he made his first three, but just just shoot. And he always says it's a confidence thing. Just let him go. Keep shooting. Keep shooting. I think that's what it's got to be with Chris Bell because when he doesn't score, most of the time it's because he's not shooting. BC in that loss, just two shots from three in the loss to to Florida State. You know, he he went one for six, but you know he, he was forcing him up in the end. Like he's a guy who just it feels like sometimes just doesn't shoot because he doesn't have the confidence in himself. Do it. He should have the green light at all times to just let it fly because when he's making shots, this is a different team. Agreed. As long as he's not forcing him. No, and but, I don't but, think I don't think he has been, which has been a huge I, plus. But for I Syracuse. think the issue is is he'll get into a game and realize that he's not taking shots, and then he forces them. Sure, yeah, 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 that's a good point. So if from the jump it's you see, I have a look, take it. I, I think yeah. that can really elevate this team so, because Chris Bell needs to score for them to win. You have a center who's out for the season, right? Naheem McLeod. This team's been playing without him for you know about a month or so by now, and. It's a new identity, right? You don't have that bigger presence inside the paint to work with. So what do you have to do? Well, this team kind of lives and die by the, dies by the three-point line right now. And speaking of Chris Bell, well, that is your, your make-or-break piece of the Syracuse offense. And I think, you know, we, we kind of just alluded to it, but it really is an understatement of this team how important Chris Bell is, not only offensively, but defensively too. And I think his presence is absolutely so beneficiary for the Syracuse team. You mentioned the uh, single-digit point value that uh, Bell posts, that's when Syracuse loses, and when he posts double digits, at least since uh, the new year, he usually gets the win for Syracuse. So the fact that Chris Bell is that integral part of the Syracuse team makes all the difference, and uh, it, it, the games really do come down to him. It, it's it's an understatement. And it goes back to that consistency. It goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. Do you Do you believe that Chris Bell has shown that he can be consistent in every single game. 
I mean, he has three games in a row with over 10 points, but do we really believe that he's taken that next step? I, I think I, he's got to continue to do it to prove it to me. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm one of the first guys to defend Chris Bell because I think he's that good of a player. The problem is his, his, his inconsistency. And, yes, he's had three good games in a row where he's done really well, but he's going to have to uh, pick it up going forward. So, so I want to tie this all together. Before yep. we're t- done talking men's basketball, did anything change for you thinking about this team before versus after North Carolina? Any thoughts about players change, about how this team plays change? Did any of that change? No. Yes, that's exactly that's my your point. point. I, that, I get it. Before, no, I, I, I'm that, with you. That, I'm that with is you. exactly yes. my point here to everyone. Beforehand, no one was talking about this team with having a chance to make the tournament. They have one incredible game where they shoot better than they have in nine years. Okay. I still think the exact same about this team as I did beforehand, and I'm not going to change it. This was a great win. It means a lot. It's great for Autry. It's great for this team. It's fun. That's important. But let's be real here. This team is at the exact same spot as before that win, and you can't forget that. That's my whole point in all of this. They played great. It was awesome. But you can't overreact. This guy just ruined the vibes here. Sorry. I'm sorry on for ruining the, fizz the fun. Five. I'm sorry. On the but Fizz it, Five. So, someone had to do it. Sorry I it get was it. me. I'm with you. I get it. But I'm not going to I'm not going to be like that because <laughs> this win was so important. And that's what we had topic number one for was to, uh, to kind of bring the bigger picture into the equation. And this guy just kind of ruined it in topic number two with uh, talking about the North Carolina Syracuse game. All right. A big win for the Orange. An upset over a seventh-ranked team in the nation in North Carolina. We'll see how the Orange fare the rest of the way. Georgia Tech coming up on Saturday on the road for Syracuse and Autry squad. We'll see how they fare off. But another topic that we are going to get to is on the women's side. Syracuse women's hoops had a one-point victory over Louisville over the weekend, and they face a Miami team on the road on Saturday. That's topic number three. Number three. Well, Adam... Syracuse edged Louisville on Sunday. Both these teams are just, they seem equal. I mean, they they go neck to neck with each other. Louisville got the better end of Syracuse a couple weeks ago, but this time it was Syracuse's turn, and it wasn't like this for the majority of the game. Louisville led most of the way. They were up by double digits, and Syracuse just slowly, slowly, slowly clawed its way back into the game and pulled it out at the last minute. A huge win for the Orange to, to rebound over the Cardinals from last time out. A massive win. I I, I mean, another top 25 win for this team. But you said, like, I I feel like such a Debbie Downer here. But you said it down by 10 through a lot of the game. I'm a massive pessimist when it comes to the sports teams that I like. When it comes to the sports teams that I cover. All goes back to my background. I I mean, my favorite team in the world is the Washington NFL franchise. The Washington Commanders, who have not made it to to a divisional round really in my life. I don't remember them ever making it to a divisional round. So I never really believe. And and this team makes it hard. Well, you you know know who you're talking to here, right? That's true. That's true. But you're also a Sacramento Kings fan. Also a San Francisco Giants fan. Yeah, but, but, uh, you know, I I still understand your feelings that you have towards a team like that. And and so especially this team, like, like this is a great win against Louisville. Don't get me wrong. But but I, I I then go back and I think about the game against Georgia Tech, you know, back on the Thursday before, and you beat a bad Georgia Tech team who's right near the bottom of the ACC by just three, and you're losing towards the end. Like it's just what they, about they, they what about play down to the opponents, and then they yeah. play up to them. 
I get and it. I, I need to see this Syracuse team dominate a game. Sure. We haven't really seen that happen in a while. I mean, you know, beat Boston College by 12 points now two weeks ago, but that wasn't a domination. That game one, was close in the fourth quarter. Well, one I, game that does stick out to me, it's that win over Notre Dame on the road. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was their biggest win of the season, and, I believe. And that was a great win. I need to see more of that. Sure. For me to truly believe in this Syracuse women's basketball squad, I need to see over the next three games. So up next, they play Miami, as you said, on Saturday, and then Virginia, and then Duke. Outside of Duke, and even Duke, these are three not great ACC teams. Duke is 16-7 and total, but they haven't been incredible, have not lived up to the expectations. Miami is 6-6 and in the conference. Virginia is 4-9. and If Syracuse is really a top-20 team in the country, and right now it's number 19, they got to dominate. I need to see this team dominate because it worries me. Only thing in my mind right now when I watch this team is what's going to happen when they're a five seed playing a a 13 seed Mm -hmm. and and they keep it close. And then, you know what? De'Asia Fair is incredible, but maybe she's not hitting every single shot on on the road or, or, you know, even if it is at home. Maybe she's not hitting every single clutch shot at the end like she somehow finds a way to. This team can't continue playing close games like this, can't continue trailing in close games like this, because in March, you you can't do that. In March, that's going to hurt you. I need to see this team dominate. And we haven't seen it recently. That's what I need. And I think that's fair. It is fair. Um, Even go back to the start of the season. Like, when they played at Ohio. Yeah. Not not Ohio. Ohio. In in Athens, Ohio. Didn't really dominate, dominate that game all throughout. I need to see this team dominate a game from start to finish before the season ends for me to truly believe. Yeah, I, I, I get you. I'm with you on that point. The question is when and if we'll see it. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. But I did get the day wrong. So Syracuse plays at Miami tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. rather than Saturday. So I just want to throw that out there to our listeners. Make sure you're, you're watching the game on the right day. But, you know, you, you brought up Deja Fair, and obviously she's an incredible player. But... Boy, this team relies on her way too much. And it was apparent on Sunday. I mean, Deja Fair got Syracuse into the game. She started out hot for the Orange. No one else really stepped up in that first half. And then finally, Georgia Woolley came around in the third quarter and uh, got Syracuse going a little bit. Obviously, they they stuck around through through most of the fourth and then pulled out the win. But you need players to step up earlier on the Syracuse team. I think that's the biggest statement right now that they need to uh, get going and try and focus on is not having Deja Fair do everything right away. And you know she's going to bring her energy in the fourth quarter. You know she's going to, you know, her, her the ball's going to be in her hands at the end of the game if it comes down to that. But you need that supporting cast through most of the game and it's got to start out early. That's where I see this big that's where I see Syracuse going from here and how they Get that get to that most complete win of the season, which you're trying to talk about. I mean, look, thank God De'Asia Fair doesn't commit fouls. She, she hasn't committed three fouls in a game all season long. But imagine De'Asia Fair gets in foul trouble. What happens? Like, like yeah. when it comes tournament time, I think that's the stuff that you think about. If she gets into foul trouble, what happens? This team falls apart. Th- those are where my worries are. You need you need someone else to yeah. step up. You, uh, well, uh, yeah, you need right. whoever Georgia Woolley, Elena Rice, Sanaya Wilson. Maybe maybe it's Alyssa Latham, the freshman. Like there just there has to be someone who steps up and is consistent. Same thing as on the men's side. You need more than just your judiments. Mm-hmm. You, you need more 
than just your stars every single game. And that's going to be the difference. Luckily, there's no question if they're in the tournament or not, but I still need a lot more to truly believe. Yeah, you'd like to see that team take the next level. I think that's the next uh, goal for Felicia Leggett Jack's team for Syracuse Women's Hoops. So they play Miami tomorrow, and uh, let's transition into another good team here on campus, arguably the best team on campus in Syracuse men's lacrosse. Boy, a big matchup against Maryland on Saturday, and that is topic number four. Number four. All right, Nico Horning, Adam Gotkin here on the Fizz 5 with our fourth topic of the evening. And it's Syracuse men's lacrosse facing off against Maryland on Saturday. The team is 3-0 to start the year. Wins over Vermont, Colgate, and most recently Manhattan, which, by the way, as a, as a baseball fan, Mariano Rivera being <laughs> in the Dome, that was that was iconic. I mean, you can't expect that. Now, for those of you listening, his son is on the Manhattan team, yes. which I didn't know going into it until I saw uh, some photos of Rivera at the game. How cool is that? How cool for someone <laughs> to that stature as a Yankees guy uh, to be at the Dome? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> so I was calling that game for, for ACC Network That's Extra. Right, yeah. and, and they showed him on, on our program monitor on, on the screen in front of us like 10 minutes before the game started. I didn't recognize him. The, the guy I was calling the game with is like the biggest Yankees fan. So he, he saw it and he freaked out. That, that was funny. That, that, that was cool for Mariano Rivera to be there. It was, that was, that was a, a great reaction and a, uh, a good win for the Orange. But a little bit of a tougher challenge on Saturday uh, here at home against... Maryland, Adam. I know you're a big you're a big lacrosse fan. You know the sport. I'm just gonna admit it a little bit more than I do. <laughs> uh, growing up on the East Coast and uh, and playing it, so a huge matchup on Saturday, the bur- the first big test of the season for the Orange. Yeah, th- th- this is. I-, I feel like a huge early test, right? Yeah. C- can we just call this like the Adam Gotkin game? So I, I grew up a, a massive Maryland lacrosse <laughs> fan. I-, I grew up to go- going to a-, a million Maryland lacrosse games every single year. And then, of course, I came to Syracuse, and you know I'm no longer a Maryland lacrosse fan, but you know I, I still follow the team really heavily. I watch a ton of games because you know I still do care. Like I still want to know how they're doing. I, I covered the team on the beat a couple years ago, so you know I, I have a, a lot of knowledge about this team, and, and I think that this is going to be a awesome game. I think that this has a chance to be an instant classic. This is a Syracuse team that is dominated at the start of the year. I think this is the thing for me. I need Syracuse teams to blow teams out, and that's what that's what this men's lacrosse squad has done. Blowing out everyone, Vermont to Colgate to Manhattan, dominating every single game. But now it gets tough because Maryland is good. Yes, went into double overtime against Richmond to start the season, but it's a good Richmond team. If you look at the last game— destroyed Loyola, a Loyola squad who beat Georgetown. Loyola team who was very good. The Maryland defense is incredible. Their defense led by Ajax Zapatello. He's the number one for them now. Where's that number one? It's like the 22 for Syracuse. He has a chance to lock down Joey Spilino. He is that good of a defender. Wow, wow. So outside of that, what happens with the Syracuse offense? And that's going to be the big question. Last year, you know, the Orange never really had a chance. The score looks a lot closer than it was, but... Luke Weirman, the Maryland faceoff guy, won 77% of draws. So it was never really a game, but it looked closer because Michael Leo and Jackson Burt Whistle both scored goals. Again, Joey Spelina was kind of taken away. Brett Maycar was, was the number one defender there. The question for Syracuse in this game 
is going to be who can step up outside of Spelina. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Owen Hilt specifically. I, I think that it, he can have a great game. I like the, I, I think that there's a good chance he draws the third defender on Maryland. I think that Muley draws the number two. I think that Hiltz can take over. And then it's, you know, what can the offensive middies do? Jake Stevens and Sam English. I'm looking at the two of them, the two Princeton transfers, the two All-Americans at Princeton. Can these guys step up? Can these guys have breakout games? Because this is a massive one. And if Syracuse wins this game, I'm all in. I'm all in on saying that this is a Final Four team. Syracuse has never beaten Maryland at the Dome in a regular season game. They were, they very rarely have played. Up until Gary Gate took over, they almost never played. It's never happened at the Dome. Syracuse has never won a regular season game. Beat them in the tournament once, never in the regular season. If they do it on Saturday, I'm all in. I'm believing. If it's going to be any year, it's going to be this year, right? Yeah. I, I, mean, that's how, that's I, I how think it, it is because yeah. I think that this team is built incredibly. You, you have your young stars, and then you have so much more on top of that because you have Mason Code, who's an incredible I, I, face-off I, I was man. just going to allude to that. I mean, the face-offs this year have been just tremendously in, in Syracuse's favor so far. Now, granted, they haven't faced the toughest of challenges yet, but it, it starts tomorrow. The fourth-ranked team in Maryland, the fifth-ranked team in Syracuse going at it in the Dome on, oh, I said tomorrow, I meant on Saturday. <laughs> We're mixing up Thursdays and Saturdays Ooh, here on the Fizz Five. Yeah. yeah, No, but uh, the face-offs have been just a huge advantage for Syracuse that they didn't have the opportunity last year with Johnny Rachusa, and it's allowed the offense to just open up so much more. And boy, they're fun to watch. Oh at my the end gosh. Of the day. What a great product. It, it, it is really incredible just how much fun these guys have, how much fun it is to watch. Like, it is one of the. It's, I saw something, I think it was after the Colgate game, of someone comparing them almost to the Showtime Lakers. And just like, it's different. It, the behind the backs, the, the scoop shot, just everything. <laughs> they're so fun to watch. They play physical too, they hit hard. It is a fun, fun. Fun team. I'm very excited to be in the dome for that game on Saturday. I know it's at the same time as the Georgia Tech basketball game, but but well, hey, that season's over, yeah. right? That season's over, right? Go to yeah, the dome. Rewind about 20 minutes of this podcast. Yeah. yeah, but no, I, I think it's going to be an awesome game. I I, I think it's interesting. I, I I'm I'm not going to make a, pr- a prediction because I can't. What's the biggest factor for this game for Syracuse? I think it's. Can Joey Spelina get more than three points? Okay, okay. Because I think if That's Joey fair. Spelina gets more than three points, that means that the Syracuse offense is able to do enough. I don't think this game turns into a shootout. Mm-hmm. I don't think Maryland has enough on offense to keep up with Syracuse in a shootout. I think they're good on offense, not great. Nowhere close to the 2021 team or the 2022 team that went undefeated. The offense is nowhere close to that. If Joey Spelina can get more than three points, then I think that that means that Syracuse scores. 13 or more goals because I think that the offensive midfield is going to do enough by themselves. So I think that's the big thing. Can Spelina have a big game? And if he does, then I think that really the sky is the limit for the Syracuse team because he's proven that he has truly taken the next step. He had great games against some good teams, played great against Princeton, played great against Duke last year uh, in the second time they played them. But to consistently prove that you can do it against great teams, I think shows that Syracuse truly has one of the best players in the country. And, And I think that's what can really set them apart the first big challenge of the year for Syracuse men's lacrosse on Saturday between the Cuse and Maryland a huge time matchup but on the women's side well we're recording this podcast right after Syracuse's first win of the year and it happened to be the home opener against Army the first ever matchup between the two and that's topic number five number five well Coach Trainer's squad defeats Army today, 18-7 in the Dome. The home opener, the first win of the season. 
you know, you go up against the top-ranked team in the country in Northwestern over the weekend, and boy, what a, what a difficult way to start the season. I think that was, you know, you just got to lay it out there. You got to give it your all against that team, and of course, you beat them last year, right, uh, to start the season. So a different outcome this time around. A three-point loss, I believe, for uh, Syracuse women's lacrosse on Saturday, but they got the win today, and it wasn't just a win; it was a statement win. It was pretty much decided at halftime. They were up by uh, several goals, and uh, we'll see what this women's team brings. Going forward, but overall, a uh, a good win today for Syracuse against another ranked opponent, Adam. Yeah, a great bounce back win. I think that everyone's expectations need to be kept in check around this team. You got to remember they lost Megan Tyrell and Megan Carney. Tyrell, you can make a strong argument, the greatest player in the program's history. Carney, you can make a strong argument, she's a top five player. You got to remember that when you're talking about this team. And you got to remember that they played the number one team in the country, the reigning national champs, who didn't lose that much to start the season. So, okay, they started 0-1. That's fine. But to bounce back, to beat a ranked Army team as convincingly as they did, I think says a lot about this squad. It's not going to be the same regular season as last year. Already not undefeated. Already got that chip off. Already done with that. You don't have to worry about the the perfect season. (laughs) So now it's just, you know, what does this team look like in the long run? And I think that, you know, they've proven that they can do it. Olivia Adams had six goals against Northwestern. Natalie Smith looked great against Army. You know, Delaney Schweitzer is, is a rock in net. So I think that the Syracuse team has proven today that, that you know, it has what it takes to beat really good teams. It's just it might take some time. Well, you know, what's funny is Olivia Adamson didn't score her first goal today until it was a 12-2 game. And, yeah. and I think that says a lot, doesn't it? That's what I'm saying. I'm with you. I mean, that, that shows that other guy, that other other people can uh, step up on this Syracuse women's lacrosse team. And for your really star players to to not exactly have to do all the work early on is going to be a huge benefit. And we talk about it with Asia Fair for women's basketball, right? She's always the one that's having to really go all out right away. And, and that's a good problem for this women's lacrosse team to have is when you can have other players doing it right away. Well, it's the thing with everything. Yeah. We, we, all four teams that we've talked about today, <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Is, with yeah. the men's basketball team, it's, it's who else can step up. It's been Chris Bell stepped up. With the women's basketball team, it's who else can step up. Men's lacrosse outside of Spelina, can, can one or the other one have a great game to beat Maryland? That's the thing is, is who can step up outside of your stars. Olivia Adamson, I think a lot of people shoot her in to be the number one, you know, a score on offense this year. Who else can step up? And today Syracuse had some other women step up, and that's huge for the squad moving forward. And, you know, again, it, it's not going to be the same season this year as it was last year. Expect some slip-ups. Probably going to, you know, lose a couple games here and there to maybe like Stony Brook, Loyola, Boston College. I'm not saying they're going to lose all of them, but you'll see losses. You'll see slip-ups. But even then, it's another year under Kayla Trainer, and I think you gotta just believe that you know that they can you know do what it takes and you know, tough task Maryland yep. the doubleheader Syracuse against Maryland in the Dome on Saturday huge game coming up and I think a lot of it this year is going to be how does Syracuse women's lacrosse respond to those losses it's going to be very important uh, for the Cuse going forward as we wrap up shop here on Fizz Five Adam what is I don't is there is there a player that you're looking at on the Syracuse women's lacrosse team that is going to be that huge X factor this year that may not be Olivia Adamson or an Emma Tyrell? Uh, I, I think it's going to be Natalie Smith. You, okay. you need yep. that that other option because and she everyone, scored twice early today. Yeah, by the way, everyone knows Ward. Everyone knows Tyrell. Everyone knows Adamson. Can can someone else step up? Nat Smith was great today. Can she continue that? And and if she can, and I think we all know that she can. I mean, she's proven time and time again that she is really really good. 
So can she consistently be a true fourth scorer? And if she can, I, I really think that you know the sky is the limit for the Syracuse women's lacrosse team. Well, we'll see how they fare off against ninth-ranked Maryland on Saturday, a doubleheader that you just mentioned. Syracuse and Maryland going at it in both men's and women's lacrosse. Men's basketball against Georgia Tech on Saturday, and then Syracuse women's basketball at Miami tomorrow, which is Thursday. So thanks not so much. On Saturday. It's not on Saturday. No, <laughs> we're getting our dates right. That's why I had to clarify here at the end for our for our for our listeners. Uh, but no, thank you so much for joining us here on the Fizz Five podcast with Adam Gotkin. I'm Nico Horning. Be sure to check out our articles and all of our coverage at orangefizz.net for Syracuse Athletics, as well as our Twitter at Orange Fizz for much more. With Adam Gotkin, I'm Nico Horning. Have a great rest of your day. And that's your Fizz 5. Listen next week. Subscribe, rate, and review. This has been an Orange Fizz production.